Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We're going to go uh, now. We're headed for Washington, D.C., folks. Uh, we're going all the way back on the East Coast. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to have my friend Pam Pryor introduce our next guest, who you're really going to want to hear, Elaine Lafferty. She has some important things uh, to share. And we're turning to the issue of the cancellation of our culture. Um, I, I, I sent out a I sent out a newsletter today. I'm not going to read the thing to you, but I'm going to give a summary of it, a fairly long summary. So bear with me uh, on this whole issue we're dealing with. But I'm convinced that what happened uh, over the weekend, uh, last week, when, when, when he was canceled, Tucker Carlson was canceled, is a very serious moment for America. It's considerably more than the issue of Tucker Carlson. Um, I, I just want to bring up some of the things the background out of which I, I, I talk about to you is some of you may remember these names, John Cameron Swayze, Douglas Edwards, Chet Huntley, David Brinkley, Howard K. Smith, Edward R. Murrow, Eric Severide, Walter Cronkite. Uh, most of you probably don't know those names. I'm older than most of the people probably on this call. Some of you will remember them. These are people of news that I watched uh, from age nine on in my life. As a child and as a youth, I trusted them for a pretty good reason. I never met any of them. All one I ever met was Roger Mudd. I met him on one occasion briefly. But that was a day in which we had a fundamental trust for the media. I've never met Tucker Carlson in person. Uh, we only conversed by phone once. He called me a number of years ago. That's the only communication I've ever had. So what I'm about to share does not come from Tucker Carlson at all, but from somebody who did talk with him who said it boiled out many people thought, oh, is it the Dominion voting machines? Is it the January 6 videos? <clears throat> uh, or perhaps is it the fact that uh, BlackRock just brought 15% of Fox and their ESGs issues, which may in fact be a very strong part of it? I don't know. But basically it got into a conflict over what he's gonna air, what he's gonna speak about. And uh, I, I suppose you could say he got fired in one sense, Maybe fair to say he he quit. I mean, he refused the kowtow to to them on this. I think it's an extremely alarming moment for America. We've already known that the, the mainstream media, we could have no trust for them, known it for quite some time. I remember the first time that ever hit me when I saw it is that Vince, I was at myself, uh, clear back in 1984. I was at the Republican convention and I saw events and then I listened to them report it. It was the first time I went, oh, my goodness. They actually just lied about what actually happened. It was so bad that the young interns that were reworking re, re the convention actually moved around. One, of the, I think it was the NBC, if I recall, and started chanting against the media. It's the first time we saw this rift in that kind of magnitude. We watched Glenn Beck with his famous blackboard reveal the deep state, and he got terminated. Uh, the light, so I, I, I know Glenn, but I've never discussed this with him. I don't know him well, but I've been with him quite a number of times. I've never asked him why he got terminated, but uh, the language I heard from others was God, he talked about God too much. But also, he was so revealing about the evil of the deep state. He probably introduced more Americans to the reality of the deep state than any other person did. Now, the same weekend that, that Tucker was gone, uh, Dan Bongino was gone, supposedly a contract dispute. Greta Van Susteren has been gone for a while, although she's on Newsmax. 
uh, Pam Pryor knows her well as, as do the, the guest she's about to introduce. And uh, I only met her husband just this last week, but I, I don't know the story there is why, why she left. Bill O'Reilly, we know why he left, but tragically we lost a truth teller at that particular time. You go over to Newsmax, Steve Cortez is, is gone. Uh, he's a friend of Mario's and a friend of mine. And seeing him go is a huge loss. He doesn't talk about why he's gone. Uh, uh, Grant Stinchfield is gone. Uh, Grant's willing to come on and, and talk about it, said he, he would. So we may have him come on and, and say, Sean Spicer is gone. I don't, I don't know him. Uh, Lindsay Keith is gone. Uh, we do know her and she's been on our program here. In fact, we were with her in February. Uh, Rob Smith to me is one of the, with the sharpest minds at this point. I do not know him at all, but he's certainly uh, very gutsy, very strong and a powerful communicator. But, but what we're watching is very alarming. And with Tucker gone, each time I listen to Tucker's opening comments, quite candidly, I would sometimes actually say out loud to Rosemary, I'm concerned for his physical safety. How long are they going to let him talk about like this? But it never occurred to me that would be the new the network that would take involved. He has the most content-rich opening monologue of anybody I have ever seen on television. In fact, I tried to observe what how does he pack that in. His communication style was exceptional. Uh, it was quite phenomenal. So I, I thought he was safe with the network in spite of the fact that they say that it's going from Rupert Network, uh, Rupert Murdoch to his, to his uh, children. I still thought since he's the number one rated in all of cable television, they're not going to touch him, uh, but they did. And um, this is alarming. Now, where will he go? He saw all these posts on Facebook. Oh, he'll go to Newsmax. No, he's way bigger than Newsmax. Newsmax couldn't possibly afford him. He posted a video a few days ago in my newsletter. I said, and I said, he got 50 million hits. Well, it's now up to, I mean, or it, as of yesterday, I heard it was up to 72 million or 73 million uh, hits. Uh, that's, that, that is astounding. And we all know Joe Rogan has his, has his podcast and 11 million following. <clears throat> that's quite, quite astounding. Those are shocking numbers. You, you can't just jump and start your podcast. That's not, that's not easy to do. So I, I know Tucker will land on his feet, but I'm really concerned. How do we have his voice? America needs his voice. But what alarms me is in so-called conservative media, and I would contend it's just truthful, honest media, that we have seen something occur that has the overtones of a, of a communist state to it. it, it the, the control, the silencing, the muzzle, muzzling, the censorship, this should alarm every one of us. Having said that, I'm going to go to Pam Pryor, our wonderful friend, formerly with the State Department, and uh, she's so impactful. She put the original uh, uh, Donald Trump Faith Advisory Board together. She is the one that assembled uh, 35 or 40 of us, whatever it was, that were on that group. But I'm going to have her introduce Elaine Lafferty, and Elaine's going to give us some insights into this horrific muzzling or stifling that is taking place in the media, which is a real <clears throat> extreme warning shot to those of us that live and value a constitutional republic. Pam Pryor, what a joy to have you back on to introduce our next guest. Hi, Jim. Hi, Rosemary. It's good to be with you. Uh, 
it's it's such a privilege for me to introduce somebody I met through a divine appointment, but then, you know, when you're a believer, aren't they all that? Uh, I have to kind of get in the way back machine and go back to 2008. I was working on the McCain presidential campaign. And um, if you can go back that far, you guys, and to think about how the factions had lined up, there was a group that was for Hillary Clinton. And in the primary, if you recall, Obama, President Obama won. And um, there was a group that formed that was not going to be part of that. It was party, it, they were called Pumas, which was party unity, my arse. I'm so glad my mom's in heaven. She would not be happy with me even trying to cover it that much. But anyway, um, but be that as it may. So they came over to the McCain campaign and there was a group that were Democrats for McCain. And there was this woman named Elaine Lafferty. And um, Elaine was um, a, a pro-choice Democrat. Uh, one, one would say a liberal Democrat. And everybody in the McCain campaign thought it would be really funny and humorous to put Elaine with the little pro, uh, pro-life evangelical girl. What they didn't count on is that we were going to become very good friends. And since then, um, through a lot of prayer on my part and a lot of other people's parts and probably some generational prayer for Elaine, uh, she started reading scripture and uh, found the Lord. I remember one time she called me and she said, Pam, this Jesus guy is really something else. And once you get a hold of him, it, your life changes. But uh, she let, let me just give you a few things. This is why I put on my glasses so I could read also so it covers circles under my eyes. Hint for all the ladies out there. Um, she is an author. She was a war correspondent for the Irish Times. She was a Time Magazine reporter. She has written books for Jason Chaffetz, for Greta Van Susteren, for Peter Navarro. She was the editor of Hold On To Your Hat, Ms. Magazine. She knows Gloria Steinem well. And uh, she has made, she has crossed the Rubicon uh, politically and spiritually. And I think what we're going to learn from Elaine is uh, from a perspective of someone who's so respected the journalism industry, she's going to be able to talk to us about what has happened. Uh, not just with Tucker. I mean, like you said, Jim, it's a very long list, but um, it is just such a pleasure for me to introduce to World Prayer Network, my dear friend, Elaine Lafferty. Thank you so much, uh, Pam. Uh, everything, uh, every way that Pam just described our meeting is absolutely the case. And uh, it, it was it was just divine. It was a divine um, a div divine role. I mean, they, they, the McCain campaign, they really did. They were not, I, I would say the, the how Sarah Palin, threatened by Sarah Palin, they were doing McCain. And they, they really did think, oh, this will be, this will be fun. The former editor-in-chief of Ms. Magazine with this crazy evangelical, we'll put them right next to each other. And, and, and that'll be fun to watch. And uh, it was fun to watch, but not for them. <laughs> so, um, um, 
what can I what can I tell you guys? I mean, I I've been a journalist since I was 25 years old, which is you know about 300 years ago, and um, and I took it very seriously. I worked started out a small weekly newspaper, then a daily paper. I worked wire service and uh, eventually was hired in the 90s uh, by Time Magazine. And I took it. I mean, I used to. Um, count my paragraphs. I mean, I, everybody has an opinion about what you're covering. Journalists have opinions, where, but, but you had to make sure that your opinion was not in, in your piece. So if I was writing a page for, for Time Magazine, I would count my paragraphs and make sure that if there was any point of view in the story, that it was, that it was balanced. Um, it's all, it's hard to even imagine that anymore. It's hard to 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 remember that. And I've I've said to I've said to other friends I've said who are lawyers and doctors and and scientists. Imagine you um, woke up one morning and your career your not not your paycheck because you always you, you know we're we're fine with it, but but your what your calling was disappeared. There was no, and, and I, that's, that's been my perspective as Pam knows for a long time. Journalism is dead. I can't, I can't find it. I can't find it in any, um, I find a few outposts of people trying to um, revive something dead, uh, but it's not in the New York Times. It's not in the Washington Post. It's not, uh, it, we, we are just in the land of opinion. Um, and that's it. It's heartbreaking to me. Um, I think it's dangerous. Um, I think it's a, a threat to, to to the republic. Um, and and I you know I I would like to say something positive and be optimistic, but but honestly I I, I can't. Um, I'm not surprised about what happened to Tucker. Um, people have. Um, I am so incredibly blessed. Um, that I could walk away from some things, but people have mortgages, they have kids in private school, uh, they're scared. That is what I sense from, um, from, from, from some of my colleagues who are, who are still in journalism. As Pam knows, I've still pretty much been uh, in the closet since uh, 2008. A lot of people that I have worked with over my life have no idea what I do. They know I, you know, have a, a house in Ireland, and I go off, and I maybe they think I've been writing poetry or something since two thousand and eight. But I've I've also been afraid to um, to come out. And in the past um, in the past six months to a year, I've said, you know what? What are they going to do to me? Um, I'm I'm going. I have to start to speak out. Uh, and be a little bit more public about what my uh, transition um, has been, both on a, on a spiritual level and uh, on, a, on a journalistic level, and just just you know talk about what I believe and why I believe it. So um, the, um, the 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 intercessors, as, as as Pam calls them, have been praying for bravery for me, and um, uh, you know the Lord Lord's. Uh, taken that seriously and I am getting braver and it's going to be a very interesting year in, in terms of Tucker um, you, you know I'm, I'm not surprised um, the Murdochs um, are, are very um, 
you know, they, they have what they believe. Um, my friend and, and I and I feel safe within this group um, to say, and I think Pam knows the Cindy Adams of the New York Post, who's a, a columnist who's been there forever, 92 years old. She can outrun me in high heels. Um, and, and she's been a good friend for, for about 15 years. Uh, I was in her apartment, this magnificent apartment at Park Avenue. Uh, we were going to dinner a couple of weeks ago and um, her phone rings, it's the editor of the New York Post. And he says to her, and you know, her, I don't know if you all know her column. She's kind of snarky, she's witty, she's irreverent. Um, that's kind of her, 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 her brand. The editor of New York Post is calling her and he says, all right, uh, Rupert is getting married and he wants to announce it in your column. And um, she's polite to, to Keith, who's the editor of the New York Post. And then as in, in Cindy style, she said, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'm snarky. I have to be nice. He's, he's 110 years old. He's marrying this woman he's known for five minutes and I have to be respectful and somehow put this in my column. Um, of course that the, the engagement lasts five minutes. It, it you know, um, even she and the, the, as I say, Cindy is very vital. She cares about her job. You know, the, the snarkiest she could get when she made that announcement is um, she thought it was a bad time since she had this exclusive to ask him for a raise in her column. That was as cute as, as she could get. Um, but it, it shows that um, he, is, he is still very engaged. He wants to control what he wants to control. He is absolutely a, a globalist. Um, and, you know, Fox has not been a, a friend of ours. You know, the left yells that it's conservative, that it's, it's all right wing. It's, it's globalist and it's mercantile. Um, and uh, I, I don't, whatever would happen from here on in with, with, with Murdoch owned outlets uh, would not surprise me. Um, people were fired over the Hunter Biden uh, story in the New York Post. He did not, that, that was not, a, that was a very heavy lift um, to get that even into the New York Post. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, from what I understand from colleagues there, they feel restraints. Um, there's, 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 there's cancel culture on on the right and on the left, and it's um, it, it's it, it's extremely dangerous. I I have been interested in politics since I'm ten years old. Um, you know, Pam knows the story. My biggest fight with my parents was when I wanted to go to the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago. I was ten. And my parents said, no, you, you, you're not going. I said, no, Ira Polikoff in New Jersey saying he'll take me, I'll be safe. It, it, my mother said, Those, this convention's every four years, you'll go to other conventions. Well, of course, I was able to lord that over them for the rest of their lives, that there was never another convention like the 1968 Democratic Convention. Um, we're in it, but we're in a very dangerous time, I think. And I have thoughts about where the, the um, the danger really is, but I'm not, other than prayer, um, I don't know how we get out of it. I have no brilliant, uh, brilliant thoughts. We're, we're, in, uh, we're in a very perilous time. Let me ask you a question, Elaine, uh, or may, let me make first a statement. Um, you shared kind of deeply personal 
I feel like I do need to say to you, and maybe you, I want to make sure you know this, we are on a public Zoom call, mm -hmm. so I want you to be uh, feel yep. protected yourself, uh, but we're on a public Zoom call uh, with across various social media platforms, mm -hmm. so quite a few people either have seen, are watching you or will see this. Okay. Uh, you're, you're, are, you're okay with going forward, is that correct? I am okay with going forward. Yes, I am. Okay, I just wanted to. <laughs> thank, but, and thank you for saying that. But but yeah, these um, it's time. It's time. And uh, I, I, the, the audience knows this because I've said it many times, and I said it a moment ago. I got hooked on politics at age nine, uh, so we, we were kind of two pieces of the same pod there. I totally understand that. Ironically, it was I was watching the Democratic National Convention when it happened, August the thirteenth. <laughs> I, I wasn't a Democrat, but I, I, I couldn't vote anyway. Uh, but that's that's when it really impacted me. Uh, when is there any awareness in the in, in the great journalism schools that we used to have? Mm -hmm. Is there any self awareness that the art of journalism is gone? Is there any admission? Is there any, is, are they just so totally dishonest that they think writing their opinion and, and stacking with statistics in their favor, do they think that's that's sufficiently honorable? They're so passionate about their version of truth that they don't care that, that the notion of objectivity in writing is absolutely, has disappeared. I, I think it's actually a little of both. I, th I certainly think the notion of objectivity uh, is gone. It's, I, I don't even know if it's taught in journalism school anymore, but certainly it, it is gone. And um, people are, I would say the, the left just use conservatism and, and I don't mean conservative ink, I mean, you know, a spiritual conservatism as well. I just, they see it as a threat. Um, it's, um, I mean, I can't even begin to explain the, the extremes uh, right now. Um, I, I think, um, and this, this may go a little bit off topic, I, I think the, um, the presence of AI is really important. I think the idea of um, robotics and, and, and dehumanization, and, that, and I think that's, um, and transhumanism, um, is, is, is extraordinary. If you look at the, the pace of, of, of an acceptance of the absence of gender, that there's no female, there's no male, um, that you can switch genders as, as, as fast as you want, the idea of that. Um, and, and Pam knows this, I'm, one of the most heartbreaking things to me as, as a feminist is, is where are my, my heroes and heroines on feminism to say, wait a minute, um, in defending the idea of, of being women um, and, and men. I mean, this is, there are, there's two biological genders. Where are my, where's my, where's my women's rights crowd? It's heartbreaking to me. And it's, I just think it's fear. I don't know what, I do know what some people, you know, feel privately, but they're afraid because you're canceled. You are out of business, you're off magazines, you're off newspapers, you're off the airwaves. And, um, and, and, and I think we've seen even the past few months, the acceleration of, of this idea. Um, 
it's it's extraordinary. Um, there's been a, a for, for for folks here who watch War Room with Steve Bannon, um, Joe Allen, who is uh, their correspondent and specialist on transhumanism. Joe Allen is brilliant. Um, he's he's writing a book about transhumanism, what this actually means, um, and I, I think it's it's um, it, I think it's that that track of of our culture is. Um, is probably among the most perilous. Pam, uh, Pam has arranged for Joe Allen to be on our show. To oh, talk fantastic. About so we're going to be doing that. And Pam took Rosemary and me and uh, to meet with Steve Bannon one occasion. He had a stack of books this high. And when he charged into the room, he didn't greet, hi, how you doing? How's San Diego? He just plunged in the conversation about this, this tragedy that's occurring in America. And then he looked at me and says, do you know what they're seeking? And he named some of the globalists. Do you know what they're seeking? They're seeking eternal life. And you know how they're getting there? How they think they're getting there? And right. then he said, he said, what was the unpardonable sin? Well, I know a little bit about scripture. I tried to answer. He began to unpack scripture a million miles. Right. <laughs> Here is the unpardonable sin. They want to be God. Uh, he preached a profound sermon in those moments. We're going to be mm -hmm. covering uh, AI and uh, transhumanism uh, in the next uh, few weeks, thanks to the connection we now have with Joe Allen uh, via Pam. Pam, what question should we be asking of um, our special guest today, Elaine Lafferty? You know, Jim, and, and I think Elaine, you sort of touched on this, but we always thought that cancellation was on the left, right? We thought that was just a product yeah. of the left. And I think what it comes down to is a fear of truth. And um, it was interesting what Coy said about Tucker and you know his thoughts on Tucker having that video. But I thought Tucker's uh, comments this week when he said, and I pulled this up, when honest people say what's true calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. And, and that's, I think, for people on this call, we know truth with a capital T. But, you know, Elaine, I don't know if you saw it coming. You saw this cancellation culture. I mean, you were yeah. part of the group that was doing it for a while. But did you think it would come so fast to the conservative side as well? I mean, because it's like, uh, but but then again, you know, Jim, I, I just think about even this morning at church at Cornerstone, we we're talking about spiritual warfare, and it, we don't wrestle flesh and blood, right? I mean, this is a this is a cosmic war that's being fought in the heavenlies. But it, it is it's surprising to me, Elaine, that it's come this fast. Um, and to the yeah. right as well. Absolutely. And I, I the the velocity. Yeah, exactly. The velocity and the speed of this. It's like it, it's like a wave. Uh, when you think what's happened in the last six months, one year, two years, um, the acceleration is 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 uh, I think it's beyond anybody's prediction um, or expectation. Um, and and I don't you the only thing, I mean 
I think we, you know, we're in touch with the only thing that's going to stop it, which is, which is prayer. There's, there's no political solution. You and I, Pam, have been used to sitting around in, in meetings with our, you know, and say, all right, well, this is how we do this. We write this, we, we run a bunch of op-eds, we, you know, we calculate numbers for turnout. No, that's not, that's not what this is about. This is so much bigger and greater that um, it, it, it really, it's spiritual warfare and that's what we have to be, that's what we're dealing with. And I think one of the hardest things for all of us is, is gonna be, is gonna be bravery. It's gonna be bravery. Um, you know, it, it's mentioned and it, this is fine with me that this is public, but you know, um, Gloria Steinem, uh, who I consider a friend, um, you know, has known about my shift, shall we say, since 2008. But if I say hey to, to, to Gloria, um, not on anything, you know, controversial, but just how you doing, or I saw you here or whatever, she's back to me within, within five minutes, 10 minutes, um, which is kind of odd because there's some people uh, who don't want to have anything to do with me because I worked for McCain. That was the last public thing they know, transgression that I made uh, in 2008, but, but not Gloria and not a couple of other people. And it's, it's interesting. I think that's it's not because I'm so fabulous. I think there's something that means something spiritually. And I think it means something um, in terms of the courage that everybody is going to need. Elaine, I have a question. Um, it would appear to me on a positive note yeah. that the radical extremes that have been gone to, going to by the left let's say the gender issue and the mutilation of children. Yeah. Uh, I actually heard this week we were at a conference and we heard of a situation where a mother had made a decision for detransitioning her child at 18 months to, to transition the child. This is just, be, this is so mind boggling. Uh, it'd be bad enough if it was five, six, eight, 10, 16, but this is at such a young age that even people who historically have associated themselves with leftist causes are left in shock that this happened. Now, this is the logical outcome of their functional political right. science and their theology. Right. If, if you go over one moral barrier and you say, okay, no, no default, divorce is fine, yeah, pornography is fine, etc., then you're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, homosexuality next, you're gonna get uh, no male and female next, you're gonna get, it's a sequence. And now the United Nations is officially endorsing. A pedophilia uh, in their, their newest. So these are logical sequels. We, we saw this coming. We knew it's coming. But now it's reached a point where even someone like Bill Meyer, who's, uh, who's about as foul-mouthed as he, as he can be, mm -hmm. he's saying, this is wrong. Now, right. I want to say to people like that, you don't get to decide where it's wrong and right. God already said it. You crossed right. it about five miles back. But at least there's an awareness, enough of a conscience of God uh, the imprint of God somehow and his pervasiveness, that even as it gets worse and worse, these who have crossed moral barriers many times have now come to a point where they say, we can't go farther than this. Right. So it right. seems to me there is a type of awakening among those who would be in the enemies of biblically conservative people, biblically uh, tr truth followers of Jesus. Right. And, but right. now there is these people that are far removed from that are saying, stop, this train is out of control. Something has gone wrong. Do you see any of that or sense any of that among some of your friends or former 
former friends? Um, or in the culture at large? Yeah, I, I mean, I most of my most of my friends at this point are would would share our, our perspective at least on the transgender uh, issue. Um, on the broader culture, um, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. Um, I. I think. I. As I say, I think the operative word here is is fear. It's. 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 It, you know. It's. It's. I go back. Um, you, you know. I. I go back to sort of World War II and 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 Nazism and the fear of of Jews. I mean, the fear of having a Jew live in. in you're in Austria and a, a, a Jew living in the in the in the, you know. Um, in the hall of your house. I was actually recently in Latvia and, and went through the, 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 you know, what, what had happened there and where people were being hidden. And I walked through some houses and what hiding um, had to occur. Um, I, I, you know, I just, I pray for people with courage and common sense. Um, but Joe Allen will tell you, I mean, the, the, the algorithm, you know, slave to the algorithm and how it's affecting people's minds and what they think is normal is, a, is I think, a, is is a real manifestation of 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 evil and of the enemy. Um, and I, I I wish as a as a tactician I wish I had something um, to to advise on this, but I actually don't. I, I actually don't. I've never in in all the years I've been involved in politics and journalism. Um, I, I have never had fewer practical, tactical uh, answers. Mario Bromnik. Yes, um, I'd like to uh, spend a couple of questions unpacking the Fox versus Tucker Carlson issue. There's been some information coming out. Do you know more specifically what happened? What is it that you know or can surmise? Um, it, obviously, it was not based on an economic model. Why was he let go or whatever happened? And why now? You know, I don't know. I actually haven't uh, talked to Greta about this. Greta and John probably have a little bit more sense about this because, you know, she still has good good contacts and good friends at Fox. Um, I, I think this, I've certainly sensed among some journalists just a, a good bit of bafflement about it. And again, and I, and I bring up the, 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 the Rupert marriage. I mean, he announces he's getting married for the 800th time. The, the marriage gets canceled within a couple of weeks. I mean, maybe there's just something that's erratic going on. He, he is, he and, 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 and the, the, the sons do run the place. Um, possibly you disagree with him if, if he is erratic or, or, temperamental and you lose your inheritance i don't really know uh, any but um it, it, that's that's one of the things that i've kind of tried to throw in the mix thinking maybe this is just um um because it makes so little economic sense it's so self-destructive um and that's not anything that that rupert murdoch has particularly been saddled with before, you know, love him or hate him. Um, but the, 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 the economic nonsense of this oh. is, is hard to unpack. I had heard that his then girlfriend, like Tucker Carlson, 
Uh, I think she may have been a Christian and literally said that God is using Tucker Carlson as a voice. Did you hear that? Yes. Uh, she had. She is quite uh, religious. I have heard that. I have heard that that's one of his problems uh, with her. That that she was too, uh, you know, insistent on being an evangelical, uh, and that's why he uh, canceled the, uh, you know, the the engagement. Um, fallout from that. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I guess nobody knows, but industry standards we heard that there could be something in the uh fox tucker carlson contract that mm -hmm. they continue paying him and silence him and that there would be some type of covenant not to compete that he cannot go to other stations number one do you know what the duration i know they were in negotiate contract negotiations of his existing contract is it possible that they can silence him from literally doing a broadcast somewhere else by just paying him the 20 million a year, at least until the, for the duration of the contract. Do you have any idea what's going on with the contract? Uh, directly with his contract, not at all. I, I do know that these kinds of contracts in the past talk about where somebody can and cannot go. Um, but most of these contracts were not written with streaming in mind. Uh, you, you know, who, who broadcasts uh, War Room? Uh, everybody, nobody, there's, it's, there's no network. It's not any of the traditional uh, models um, of, of either radio or television. So I, I'd be pretty surprised if, if, if his contract, when it was written, would include those kinds of things. He, no, can he go to CBS or um, NBC or CNN? No, I would imagine not uh, in, in the contract. But can he... Um, have a very powerful uh, uh, broadcast in alternative uh, ways now as, as Steve Bannon does, as War Room is, uh, yes, he can. I, that I'd be very, very surprised if he was prohibited from doing that. Are, are, are you seeing any of your liberal friends, uh, like you said, it makes no sense, where are the feminists now protecting women rights or ACLU protecting freedom of speech? Where are they? Is, are there, is, is there any dissenting voice in their camp? Um, not that I'm hearing. It's just, oh, we all hate Tucker. We, we've always hated Rupert. And so good, they're all killing each other now. Um, but, but no particular analysis or anything. They, they hate Tucker. They hate Rupert. Um, they hate Fox. Um, and um, again, more where I started about the journalism is dead and, and you know, attendant to that is journalism ethics are dead. I mean, you don't, it used to be you had to, you know, it's like criminal lawyers, you know, you, you defend the most despicable uh, of people because it's the rule of law and that's, that's the higher calling, not seeing any of that. Thank you so much. I just want to say that I do concur with you. I think at the, on the bottom of everything that's going on with what we're seeing with the, uh, uh, the arrest and, and trumped up charges of the, of the president. Uh, this is looking more and more, obviously, like the Banana Republic, uh, now Pravda-style uh, uh, totally. uh, communications uh, that is the arm of the government uh, working, you know, the whole collusion with FBI, et cetera, et cetera, um, that we, we don't want to admit it, but I think there is no political solution left. Uh, Lance Wall, now, I don't know if you know Lance, he, he has several yeah. broadcasts, friend of ours. Yeah. He said that uh, after what happened in 22, it, it's pretty clear um, that 
it, it's the enemy, but God allowed it. And after uh, 20 and 22 elections, that um, we believe that the arc of God's government is going to be restored uh, on the cart as as they did in the in, in the time of David, the cart of the Philistines on a political platform. But the ark can only be restored on the shoulders of the priests, which is which is us. Right. Thank you so much. Back to you, Jim. Um, Pam Pryor, I want to just check in with you uh, before we go into time of prayer. Anything you want to say or add or. Uh, ask Elaine. I want you to feel free to do that right now. Thank you. Uh, no, I think we covered it. I okay. I just think that, um, you know, truth is being weighed in the public square and coming up wanting. But we all know, like I said, that that is really what it's all about. I think Elaine hit on it exactly when she said that this is this is about something so much bigger. This, this is not just about Tucker. Um, yeah. and you know, Tucker's flawed, my goodness, it's the same way Trump was flawed and people get all wound around the twist about that. But I think we have to watch that we don't get absorbed in those kind of, you know, Jim, those fights that are, uh, really off point when we're talking about freedom of speech. It just, it's just not out there. I mean, you look at the way parents have been silenced in school boards and, uh, there's a lot of silencing of, of speech, which again, I, it's, it's so refreshing to me that when our Lord says, I have come that you might know truth and the truth will set you free, right? So we, we have that freedom. Other people don't, but. Uh, truth can be forced underground for only so long. It eventually yeah, yeah. to the surface like an underground stream. It can't be contained there forever. The problem is it can take a while before it come back and explode to the surface, we are seeing the crushing of truth at a, at a pace that none of us could have believed. If I would have described, if on, on March the 15th, 2020, I would have described the America of April 30th, 2023 to you, yeah. you would have said, Garlo, you have gone nuts. You're into conspiracies. This could never happen in America. That took a hundred years to happen. And yet in the mat matter of, of a three year span, uh, this has occurred. The country we had, we no longer have. And so the pushback, now on, on, a, on a more encouraging note, <clears throat> there are organizations, there are people praying, there's intercessors all over the, all over the globe. When we were in Europe, we, we ran into people, even all over Eastern Europe, who are praying for America, deeply concerned for America. So that if America goes down, we have no place to turn. And so the prayer for America is enormous. The prayer in America for America is enormous. Uh, the policy organizations that are rising up with sophistication. Uh, we were just with the America First Policy Institute at an incredible meeting. And at that meeting, they laid out, it was a large delegation, a large, and, and there were times on their face in prayer, seeking God, seeking God, genuinely seeking God for truth. Um, the, the former members of cabinet, et cetera, crying out to the Lord. So we are in a time where there's a rising up of people and I believe we're going to see some very encouraging things in the days ahead, but we may have to quite pay quite a price between now and, and then. And I, I, I'm in dialogue with certain people why I'm doing certain things. And I said, very simply, one thing, 13 grandkids, 13 grandkids, one of them we haven't even seen yet, won't come out of the womb till, till June, but there's 13 grandkids. And whatever it takes us to do for 13 grandkids, we are trying to do. We want them to have something of what we 
what we enjoyed in this nation. With that being said, let's go right to prayer. Isabella Solis from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Would you get ready to start us off in prayer? Uh, after that, uh, Carla Varga from Cleveland, Ohio. After that, Louis, uh, Lucy DeBoer from Chino Hills, California. So if the three of you will unmute right now, boy, we have a lot to pray for right now. You know what, Pam? You pray for Elaine first. You pray for Elaine first. And, and then we'll go. And uh, Rosemary, if you'll pray for Elaine as well. So Pam and Rosemary, I want you to focus on, on Elaine herself. Elaine, we want to just speak protection around you and wisdom, truth, and discernment and understanding to flow into you that you're in this season of your life, there's going to be a greater impact than you ever knew in the previous path. I always say I'm not a proper son of a prophet. My wife, Rosemary, told me, don't ever say that again. So I jokingly said to her, okay, I'm a prophet and I'm a son of a prophet. She felt good about that today. So I'm saying over you, your greatest days are ahead. And that's not some sloganeering to make you feel good. This is not a positive middle attitude class. This is a declaration that as the discernment and wisdom is going to flow into you, the expansion of your influence is going to be stronger and stronger. And I speak holy boldness upon you, courage from sources you've never even experienced as the Lord pours, pours himself out upon you. And influence, the, the, the tent pegs are being moved out of the tent. They, they're being extended. Influence to pour through you to more people than you have ever touched in all of your days or the head of Ms. Magazine or whatever else. God is going to use these days as days of impacting people beyond what you have seen. With that said, Pam, if you'll pray, Rosemary, if you'll pray, I think Rosemary's got a scripture coming. Then we'll be ready to go to Isabella and uh, Carla and Lucy. Let's go for it, Pam. Thank you. Dear Lord, we're so grateful uh, for just this technology, Lord, that allows us all to join together tonight in your presence. And Father, we thank you especially for Elaine. We thank you for how you created her. Just the way that you made her in love with words, the way you are in love with words, where you said you are the word. So Father, you just gave her such a great measure of yourself. And Father, my prayer for Elaine is that she just comes to know you more and more and more, and that her soul will just thirst for you and as Jim said, Lord, may his words just so be fulfilled in her life that she will have more joy, more freedom. And yes, even as Koi said earlier, just more fun. Father, you are a God of joyousness. And I just pray that joyousness over Elaine tonight. And I do pray, Lord, a hedge of protection. I pray open doors. I pray new projects. I pray that everything that she wants, that the desires of her heart, the gifts that you've given her would come to fruition, Lord. And we pray this knowing this is not just a wish, but these are things that can come true because your shed blood has already paid for everything that we all need. You've paid for everything Elaine needs, Lord. And we thank you in the name of that mighty matchless name, the name of Jesus. And the scripture the Lord gave me for Elaine is Psalm 45, verse 2. My heart overflows with a good thing. I speak of the things that I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And Father, I thank you that Elaine will speak the inspiration 
of Almighty God and pronounce um, a new level of with a new level of authority the spiritual technology of your divine revelation to her mind, to her soul, to her spirit. Father, I pray for Elaine, a gift of the Holy Spirit, of, of being able to write through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, of your revelation, of your counsel, of your might, of your knowledge, of your wisdom, words that will not just go to a person's mind, but it will pierce their very heart and soul and transform them into the vessel and, and into having um, agreement with heaven itself. I thank you, Father, for blessing her. And as she is waited upon you, and as, as many have prayed for her, God, will you just gather all this intercession and all these requests and pour upon your precious beloved, your daughter, your bride, a, a great, a great gift, Lord, that will truly make a difference, that will truly change the world, because she will bring heaven into the hearts and minds of multitudes of people who would never open a Bible, who may never know a Christian, but Lord, she will be able to extend your message into their very souls and deliver them from evil in Jesus name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that Wellversed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.